Welcome back to this episode of the Deep Penetration Podcast. If you don't know who I am, my name is Danny, and I am a self-esteem and love coach that works with the LGBTQIA plus community, um, specifically when it comes to all things uh, self-esteem related, self-identity, navigating relationships, dating, love, and really just trying to cultivate long-lasting, fulfilling and healthy relationships. You know, I think there's this stereotype that the queer community cannot have a healthy relationship because of a multitude of different stereotypes. And really my mission is to kind of break through those stereotypes and and prove to people that it is possible. So, what are we talking about? today. We're talking about heartbreak and essentially the science behind heartbreak. If there is one thing that we have all experienced um, collectively, whether you are heterosexual or queer or whatever the case may be, we have all experienced heartbreak at some point. So if you've ever experienced heartbreak, then you're not alone. You know, you you are part of a collective experience that spans thousands of years and is inevitably a part of the human experience. You know, growing up, many of us heard the the love stories, you know, the Romeo and Juliet, the Anthony and or Antony and Cleopatra, um, Lance, Lancelot and Guinevere. And many more of those stories, but realistically speaking, if you are somebody who identifies as queer or you, you know, are part of the queer community, there really weren't love stories that we heard growing up that were relatable to us. Now, obviously, being somebody who who identifies as bisexual, those stories, the Romeo and Juliet's and the Guinevere and Lancelot and the Antony and Cleopatra, sure, I understood those and I related to those, but there was always a part of me that was like, are there any love stories in, in history that are about same-sex couples? And there are. And if you you've never heard them before, I wanted to to present you with some examples, right? So, for example, the the myth of Apollo and Hyacinth. And in this story, Apollo basically falls in love with a young man named Hyacinth, but their love story is unfortunately cut short when Apollo accidentally kills him um, with a discus. And in honor of his love, Apollo actually turns Hyacinth into um, Hyacinth blood into a flower. There's also the myth of of Achilles and Patroclus, right? So they were both warriors in the Trojan War, and when Patroclus is fatally wounded in the battle, he is overcome with grief, right? He, he Achilles is overcome with grief and anger, and this leads him to seeking revenge. And a lot of scholars actually believe that this story is as one of the most famous tragic same-sex love stories. There's also the story of Emperor Ai of the Han Dynasty and Dongxian, right? And they were in a romantic relationship, but Emperor Ai was left heartbroken when Dongxian passed tragically at a young age. And the story itself has been immortalized in Chinese literature and art and is still remembered to this day as a tragic tale of lost 
love. So why do I reference these stories? To bring awareness and an understanding that although our experiences may be different, right? Heterosexual and queer experiences, there's a common thread that connects all of us, and that's love. You know, the joy we experience when we are in love and the pain we experience when we are heartbroken. So, so why does heartbreak hurt so bad? If you have unfortunately ever experienced heartbreak, you know exactly what it is I am talking about. You know, I've experienced heartbreak many times in my life. And it's not just about romantic relationships. It can be failed friendships. It can be the death of a loved one. Whatever the case may be, again, all of us have experienced heartbreak to some degree and some level, some worse than others. But there are actual reasons for why heartbreak hurts so bad. There's physiological reasons, right? So if you've ever or have you ever heard of something called heartbreak syndrome, if you haven't, look it up. It's a real thing. And basically in medical terms, it's called, um, I believe it's called Takotsubo cardiomyopathy, um, which was coined by a Japanese researcher back in the 1990s because the shape of the heart represented a fishing pot. And the condition is characterized by a temporary weakening of the heart muscle that can cause symptoms just like a heart attack. And there are several medical studies and analyses and research that affects that that covers the effects of heartbreak. And studies have shown that heartbreak can trigger a stress response within the body that increases cortisol levels, which is the hormone responsible for inflammation and weakening the immune system. Studies have also shown that heartbreak can lead to a multitude of different symptoms, such as disrupted sleep patterns, um, changes in appetite, fatigue, brain fog, anxiety, depression. The list goes on and on and on. And I want to clarify, you know, uh, Takotsubo cardiomyopathy is an extreme response to emotional distress. Therefore, it's not something that is experienced by every single person who goes through heartache. Um, yes, there are, are signs and symptoms that physiologically speaking, a lot of people do experience, but that syndrome is, is not as common, right? Um, it primarily affects people who are elderly. But that being said, all the other symptoms I just mentioned previously are pretty common, right? So if you have or are currently experiencing heartbreak, you know what I'm talking about. So what do you do, right? How do you get rid of this pain? And look, I get it. I don't I don't want to I, you don't want to do anything, right? Your 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 energy is depleted and you are consumed minute by minute second by second by intrusive thoughts. And these thoughts try to, to convince you that you will never find anybody better than your ex or that you could have done things differently, which would have resulted in, in a different outcome or that the this pain that you are currently experiencing will never go away. But let me be the person to tell you, none of those things are true. You are stronger than you think you are are. Now, let me give you um, an example. Have you ever gotten a paper cut? 
right? And this is a this is an example that I use with my clients all the time. They hurt bad. It sucks. And the stinging alone is enough to drive anybody crazy. But now let me ask you, can you recall the actual physical pain when you got that paper cut? Can you actually make your finger physically start hurting right now just by thinking about it? It's likely that you can probably recall, logically speaking, right, that it hurt and it was painful, but it's very hard for you to manifest the actual visceral pain. And the beauty about the human brain is that it is designed to survive. You know, that pain was very real in that moment when it happened. But after the fact, you can only conceptualize what it felt like. And the same goes for heartbreak. You know, I so often hear people say to me, or I hear people say, you know, time heals all wounds and, and, and those kind of catchphrases that we say when somebody experiences heartbreak. And look, at the end of the day, I do agree with that to a certain extent. If you befriend time, it brings with it processing, um, new perspective, appreciation, healthy detachment, and healing. But if you make time your enemy, it brings compartmentalization, repression, resentment, anger. And as frustrating as this may be to hear, you have a choice, right? This kind of reminds me of... um of an old Native American uh, parable. And basically the way that it goes is that an old Cherokee grandfather uh, is teaching his grandson about life. And he tells the boy that there is a battle going on inside of him um, and every other person in the world. And the battle is between two wolves. And one wolf is evil and full of anger and envy and greed and resentment and self-pity. And the other wolf is good full of love and joy and, and peace and kindness and compassion and empathy and generosity. And the grandson thinks about this for a minute, and then he asks his grandfather, well, which wolf wins? And the grandfather's answer is simple, and he basically says, the one that you feed. So what does that teach us? What does that teach you, right? What value does this story bring to your life in this moment? The purpose of this story is to remind you that you have a choice. You yield the power within you to decide how you are going to process this heartbreak. Yes, the emotions are very real. And yes, the physical pain you are currently experiencing is very real but so is your resolve and so is your ability to survive this. So let me give you some recommendations, um, specifically recommendations that I give to my clients that are going through heartbreak, right? So the first thing that we have to take into consideration is self-care. I know that <laughs> this is something that every, I feel like person talks about, right? Self-care, loving yourself, treating yourself, doing all those things. And it can kind of feel trendy, um, or, or like a bunch of hogwash, but, oh my God, I said hogwash. How old am I? Uh, <laughs> whatever I'm going with it, like a bunch of hogwash, but as, as much as this has become a trend, it is totally necessary when healing a broken heart. So just like you mend a broken arm with care and patience, that is how you mend a broken heart. Allow yourself to grieve and to cry it 
out, but designate time for that. Now, let me be clear. The way that I'm describing that I know probably seems very kind of inhuman and robotic and and sure, I'm the third party here saying schedule time to grieve. I'm not unrealistic. You know, I know there are going to be moments that you can't help it. You will be hit with a wave of emotion and it's you you just kind of kind of buckle in and and go along for the ride. But as time progresses, you're able to kind of navigate and manage those feelings a little bit better as long as you put conscious effort into it. And the reason why I say designate time is because if you allow your those negative emotions and those feelings to overpower you and become intrinsically a part of your day-to-day existence, it will prolong the grieving process for what feels like infinity, right? So allowing yourself to to have some kind of control over that is helpful. Now, also, let me be clear, this isn't you suppressing or repressing your feelings because you are designating time and space for yourself to allow those feelings to come out. But then what you are doing is you're saying to yourself, I have honored those feelings for 10, 15 minutes, it is now time for me to get up and move on with my day and do what I have to do. And what that does is it creates a level of strength and resolve, right? The rest of the time should be used towards productive activities that bring meaning to your life and provide healthy distractions. And when we allow too much downtime after a heartbreak, we allow our minds to run rampant, which is what they are designed to do, right? Your brain is designed like a computer to 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 in take in information and output what it thinks the possibilities are. So when you are experiencing heartbreak, because those feelings are a physiological response to your external environment and what you just experience, your brain thinks that it is in survival mode, right? It's that fight or flight response. So it's going to output a million different scenarios. And that's where we start to get the anxiety and the 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 fear and the the you know just all those those feelings that kind of keep us stuck. So creating routines and patterns for yourself that keep you active and productive and distracted in a healthy way can be incredibly helpful. You know, pick activities that make you feel good. Even if you don't feel good in the beginning when you're doing it, know that it will eventually feel good because it did before. The second thing here is a support system. Surround yourself with people who care about you and are able to view the situation objectively. That is a key point here, right? It's nice to have someone in your corner that that defends you to the ends of the earth, but that can also be very triggering for your current situation. What you experienced is difficult. And having someone you are close to tell you things like you deserve better, or you'll find someone better, or that's their loss. Okay, yes, it 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 can be helpful, kind of, 
in the moment, but it really only scratches the surface. And it can actually be very dismissive to what you are feeling, even if it's well-intentioned. Because how many times have you been in a situation where you're like, yes, I know this. Like, I know that I deserve better, or I know that, you know, I'll find somebody else, or I, I know that it's their loss. But it doesn't take into account your subjective experience and what you're feeling in that moment. So surrounding yourself with people who are able to be a little bit more objective um, and to maybe challenge you a little bit, right? Not a bad thing. The third thing here is, is practicing mindfulness, right? Utilizing mindfulness techniques. So trying things like, like meditation and yoga or breath work to help you combat that anxiety and that depression. Um, being patient. I understand the the urge to heal, but you can't rush healing, you know? That's that's just called coping. So understand that the journey through heartbreak again is a subjective experience and every single person heals at a different rate and that's okay. You know, practicing self-love and forgiveness and patience throughout that process is going to be very important. The average person, if you are investing time and effort into healing and moving on, starts to feel a shift between the three to the four month mark, depending on how intense the, the experience was and how intense the breakup was. Why do I say all of this and why do I give you all of these recommendations? The reason for why is because at the end of the day, you will get through this. I know that's a very generic thing to say. I know I'm probably the 5 millionth person to tell you that, but in my line of work and the people that I work with on a daily basis and have been working with for a long time, I have come to know this as a fact. I see it day in and day out. And yes, the initial experience sucks. It feels like you're drowning and it feels like you will never get out of the hole that you are in, but you will. One step at a time, right? Um, that's all that you need. There'll be days that you feel like you're falling back. There'll be days that you feel like you're moving backwards. Um, and that's okay. That's a natural part of the process. But as long as you dedicate the time and the the consciousness to really unpacking the experience itself, allowing yourself to process it and heal from it, it is a lesson that can help you in your next relationship. It's potentially the gateway or the doorway to the best relationship you have ever had if you allow yourself to learn the lesson. And if it is something that you are struggling with, and it is something that you're having a lot of difficulty processing, I'm more than happy to help you through that process. I'm more than happy to support you. This is what I do with people every single day. Um, if you want to figure out how, if you want to know how you can get in contact with me, you can visit um, my website. You can send me an email. Um, I have a TikTok page and an Instagram page and all of those things. So you can find me there. You can send me a message there. I always try to respond. Um, 
And honestly, I just want to hear about your experience, right? Have you experienced heartbreak? Have you, what has your journey been like? What has your process been like? Um, Sometimes I almost feel like we think that the queer experience is very different from a heterosexual experience when it comes to heartbreak. And to some degrees, it is, right? There's there's different layers of of complexity and and um issues with with identity and self-confidence and self-esteem that may look a little bit different, but at the end of the day, the pain that we feel is the same. So again, if you are experiencing heartbreak, if you have experienced heartbreak. I hear you, I see you, I understand you, and you are not alone. I hope you found this episode to be helpful. Um, I hope some of the tips and the recommendations that I gave you will help you to kind of feel like you're starting to become unstuck or get yourself out of this place, this dark place. Um, And again, reach out to me. I will see you in the next episode.